there's something that I think God's been doing just in that stillness. Um, it's very mindful. As I listened, I wasn't here last week, but I listened to Dan's word about when you're going through times of turbulence, the importance of being still and know that I am God. And just listen to his voice. And um, I think it's really important right now that individually and together we discover a quiet, still center before God where we can hear God. Because there's a lot of shaking going on in our world. Just things are being so shaken just politically, internationally, in every way. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. In fact, if you're looking at September news, my little article at the front of it is, don't read it now, but is (laughs) entitled, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. And the shaking is not just in the world, it's in the church as well. It's not just our church. It's what God is doing in his church at the moment. There's a lot of shaking going on. There's a lot of change, a lot of transition. We're in a momentous time of change. Uh, there are some who are even comparing it to um, the Reformation uh, 500 and so years ago. The time of Martin Luther, they're comparing it to that. Some people, I'm not saying they're right, I don't know. But something's happening in the church. And it's very easy to get distracted or to get worried with, oh my goodness, everything's falling apart, the, the sky is falling in. And that's why it's so important to be still, to find that quiet center, that place of stillness, and know that he is God, and say, just as Sarah was encouraging us a couple of weeks ago, what is the Holy Spirit saying in it all? You can't do that unless you get to that quiet center, that still center. So I, I've got a word about the shaking today, but I, I just... Um, I actually had another word prepared, and then about 10 days ago, as I was writing that thing, God said, oh, you know, you've got to preach this word. And so, and even this morning, I wasn't sure I was going to get on. I said to Dan, I don't know if I'm sure I'm going to preach today. So I just feel as though, I don't know, God's going to do something different with this, and I, uh, we'll see where we go. But if you want to turn to Haggai chapter 2. Um, and as you're doing that, let's just reflect upon what we've been doing today and what God's been saying today. And it's 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 all about Jesus. Amen. And he's beautiful, isn't he? He is the most captivating, compelling person. I know he's the darling of heaven. But he's also the desire of the nations. He's, he's the person everybody is really looking for. They just don't know it. Because he is, he is the beautiful one. He, doesn't, he didn't just stay as the darling of heaven up there. It's the darling of heaven come down to earth and crucified for us. And, and, and it's the darling of heaven crucified. It's, it's, the, it's the one who was in very nature God, who did not consider equality with God something to be held on to. But he made himself nothing and he emptied himself. He became a human being and became a servant and was obedient even to death on a cross. He's beautiful. The Holy Spirit spoke to me a few weeks ago about this whole thing of fixing your eyes on Jesus. And, it, and the, the message version says this, study him. So I felt, I felt driven to, not driven, but guided to spend some time in the Gospels just looking at Jesus. Just looking at how he interacts with people. And he's just beautiful. <laughs> he's just amazing. But here's the thing, folks. 
Jesus was incarnating God. He was embodying, he was fleshing out God. He was saying on earth, this is what God is like. And, you know, uh, 300 years after Jesus, the big issue that was the Trinity, is Jesus God. But the most amazing thing at the time when Jesus came was, is God really like that? Is God really the God who'd rather die for his enemies than kill them? Because we thought, you know, looking back at the old scriptures, he was into killing people. I mean, that was a misunderstanding, but Jesus comes and he clarifies, no, God is like this. So Jesus incarnates, he embodies God. Now, here's the thing, though. Our calling as the church is to show the world what Jesus is like. So this Jesus that we've been worshipping, we say, oh, you're amazing, you're wonderful. We are supposed as the body of Christ, that's a clue, we're called the body of Christ. We are meant to show the world what Jesus is like. Our calling is nothing less than to be a world, to be a church which looks like Jesus. That's not just because there was a mission statement we came up with. That's the purpose of the church. Paul writes about it in Ephesians and he says it is, um, he writes about the temple um, being built with living stones and he also writes about the body and he kind of merges those two things, the temple and the body sometimes, as does Peter as well. And, and he says this body has got to come to full stature of Christ. In other words, grow up. The church needs to grow up until it looks fully like Jesus. That's our purpose. It's not our mission statement, it's the purpose of God for us. Now, I have used, when I've been preaching, I've been using the, the stories of Ezra and Nehemiah and the prophets of that time when the exiles returned from Babylon and came to rebuild the temple of God. I've been using that as a, a way of looking at this building of God's house and God has been taking us on a journey of, of um, rebuilding really, relaying the foundations for this church as, as we move forward. And I've been using Ezra and Nehemiah, and I want to use Haggai today as a little bit of a guidance for us. Um, it's hard work building God's church, isn't it, sometimes? And we can get discouraged. And we can grow weary and we can lose heart, especially when... Well, I'll tell you what, let me, let me, let me, read, let me read the first part of Haggai chapter 2, and then I'll, I'll reflect upon this a little bit more. I just want to say, when... It's discouraging. It's so important to hear what God is saying. It's so important to hear the word of God. It's, it's the word of God that will put courage back into your heart. That will encourage you. So let's just read the first part of chapter 2. In the second year of King Darius, on the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. So I think this is just as of laying the foundations. Speak to Zerubbabel, who was the main leader at the time, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, another leader, son of Josedach, to the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. I'll come back to that word later, maybe. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem like nothing? Hmm. But now, be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedak, um, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. 
This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Let's just stop with that. That's good enough, isn't it? We're going to go into the second half. I hope it's about the shaking, but we'll see. But when, when you, you see, we said, I've said a couple of times, when the building, when they were building the foundations, they were building among the rubble. They didn't get clear ground. They had to build among the rubble. They'd use some of that, the charred stones to build it, but they had to kind of clear it out the way as they went. And we've had rubble. We've had emotional rubble. We've had relational rubble. We've even had theological rubble as God has changed our understanding of certain things. God, I thought we believed that and now we're believing this. And, and, and it can, it can, it has an impact on you. And we've had to build among the rubble and that can be hard work at times. And we could do what they do here. They said, oh, do you remember what it used to be like about the church? Do you remember what the church used to be? And we could. We could think, oh, do you remember when it was like this? Remember what it was like that? People do that sometimes. They look back to the good old days. Or they look forward to what, what we'd hoped it might be. Or we start looking sideways and comparing ourselves to, to others. And it's so important we don't do that. The most important thing to do is to hear what God is saying when we're at this stage. Don't be discouraged. Be strong, he says, and keep working. Why? Why shouldn't we give up? He says, because I am with you, declares the Lord. Yes, See, the, the important thing is not what's gone before or not what might come in the future or not what other people is doing. The important thing is, are we listening to God now in where we are? I might, I might, if I had the natural choice, I might choose for us to be at a different stage and a different season. I'd love to, it to be where everything is just flourishing and growing and the, we're kind of falling out the doors as people trying to get in and all the miracles. I'd love to. We will be in that place again. I believe it. But right now what's important is are you hearing God for where we are now? In this season, in this stage, are we hearing what God is saying? And he's saying, be strong. Don't give up. Keep working. He says, because I'm with you. And then he goes to say, I said I'd be with you. Sorry, I've got the wrong glasses on. I said, because well, I covenanted it with you. I covenanted to be with you. It's come this morning. God said, I'll be with you to the ends of the age. He's covenanted it. You see, God is with us whether you feel him or not. I mean, the feelings are good. It's great when you feel his presence, isn't it? But even if you don't, he's still with you. Because his presence doesn't depend upon your feelings or my feelings. It depends on his faithfulness. And guess what? He is faithful. It doesn't even depend on my faithfulness or your faithfulness. Because even when we're faithless, he is faithful. He's with us. Because he's faithful, he promised to be with us. He says, go and make, go into all the earth and make disciples. Guess what? Making disciples is hard work. If we're really serious about making disciples, it's hard work. He says, that's why you need to know I'm with you. To the very end of the age. Anybody got to the end of the age yet? So he's still with us. And then he says this. What was that? Oh no, I don't believe that. Remember those tomatoes. <laughs> he's still with us. And then he says this, do not fear. I don't know about you. Have you ever sometimes read in the Bible and you thought, when God says do not fear, you think, uh oh. <laughs> He's saying that for a reason. <laughs> the angels are just minding their own business with the sheep and everything. Not the angels, sorry, the shepherds. The shepherds are minding their own business, looking after the sheep. 
Suddenly, the sky is filled with these beings of light, and there's this glory to God in the highest peace on earth. Do not be afraid. <laughs> You're joking too late. <laughs> I need to go home and change. It's like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> too late. It's like when God says, don't fear. You think, oh, I, what's coming? Reminds me of a little story of, uh, an old preacher's story of, um, there's a brother and a sister, and the sister was in the house caring for her granddad. She was very old, and she was caring for granddad, but she wanted to go away for a week. She also had a cat. So she asked her brother to come in, and to, for, just for a week while she went away, just to look after the cat and look after granddad. And anyway, so she goes away, and a few days later, she just rings to see, well, how are things? And so the brother says, well, your cat's died. She said, for goodness sake, did you have to, could you not have broken that to me a bit gently? You know, could you not have kind of led up to it or something? Just tell me, saying the cat's died, that's shocking. And the brother says, well, what do you want me to do? What do you, how do you want me to say it? She said, well, I, I don't know. You could have said something like, I don't know, something like the cat was just walking along the, the top of the fence and so it, it leapt for a branch or something, but slipped and it kind of fell and hurt itself. But then for a few days it was, I nursed it. And I, whatever it was that happened, but you just kind of lead up to it gently. And she said, anyway, how's granddad? <laughs> so we said, well, he was walking along the top of the fence and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you say to God, can you break it to me gently? <laughs> it says, so I just had to throw a joke in. That was the best one I could think of. But it says, do not fear. And, and God says that because of what he's about to say next. So let's read the next bit. It says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, in this place, I will grant peace, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place... God will grant peace. You see, there's a lot of shaking going on, folks, in our world today, as I've said, and it's touching the church. The church is being shaken. People are commentating all over the place. There's, there's leaders who are, well, I say falling, but, the, but the, the, they're not in the place that they were, and probably in some cases they should never have been because people put them on pedestals. And if they've fallen, can I just say this? Don't judge them. Pray for them. And, 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 and sometimes maybe they're not fallen. Maybe they're just taking a different path for now. Who knows? But there's all kinds of stuff happening. And again, I think uh, it, was, it was Dan who was saying this last week. Everybody wants to have an opinion about the answer, as it were. I haven't got, I haven't got the answer as to what God is doing. What you can do though, and what leaders must do, is try to say, God, what are you, do what are you doing in this time of shaking that's, that, that we need to consider? 
And I'm just, I'm going to touch upon these. I think this is happening all across the place. And it's important you understand this because you might start thinking, you know, all that we've been through has just been about our personal journey. All the, the turbulence we've been through. It's not. It's about something much wider than just us in here in Huddersfield. And here, I just give you three things to think about that I do believe God is causing us to ask these questions. Three things in this whole time of shaking. One is, are you going to be content with just being a consumer of a religious or spiritual service or product or a, or a celebrity for that matter? Or are you going to give yourself to building community? Real, authentic community. Guess which is harder? <laughs> it is. But you know, a couple of weeks ago again, Sarah spoke about building a cathedral. That's what the temple is. It's like a, it's like a cathedral. In fact, it's even greater than any cathedral you've ever visited. But a cathedral takes time and effort and it requires longevity and, it, and commitment. And building God's house, building God's community does as well. And you need to see yourself as part of something big and strong that, stand, that, that, that lasts for eternity. Okay, so that's one. Is it, are you going to just give, be a consumer of religious service or are you going to build community? Number two related to that. Are you going to be content with superficial relationships of people who just meet in the same place week by week? Or are we going to commit ourselves to building deep, authentic relationship which will require emotional and relational health and maturity that maybe the church has not seen for many years? Real, deep, our knitted together relationship, not just superficial relationship. That's another thing. And that will also require the third thing that I believe This is just my opinion, my perspective on it. You don't have to take it as gospel or anything like that. He's also saying, are you going to be content just by having spiritual experiences from time to time? None of which is wrong. Or are you going to commit yourself to the long road of discipleship and spiritual formation beneath the surface discipleship where we become more and more like Jesus? You can't do that just by a series of experiences. That is what Eugene Peterson calls a long obedience in the same direction. You know, it's sticking at it, even when it's not glamorous and it's not difficult. So, okay, are you going to be content with just spiritual experiences? Or are you going to commit yourself to real discipleship, following Jesus, becoming more like him? Because that takes time and intentionality and effort, and you can't do it outside of community either. And I believe there is an emphasis coming on what's sometimes called spiritual formation. We used to call it discipleship. It means just the process, the real, authentic, deep, beneath-the-surface process of becoming more like Jesus. I know which one I want to go for. I also know which one is going to require a lot more of me. <laughs> anyway, why this shaking? What, first of all, what does this shaking look like? First of all, for, for a particular church like ours, it might look like just lots of change and transition and things being moved about. It, when, when You see, imagine not only just building a rubble, but building in a blooming great big storm or an earthquake. It's going to be difficult, that, isn't it? Challenging, but it can be done. And um, what happens in storms and earthquakes is things get moved around. There's change and challenges. There's things that you thought were, were permanent features that no longer are. Things change and we're challenged. And there's a danger in that time of just reacting emotionally. Oh, everything's falling apart. 
And it's important to say, God, what are you doing? And, more, and even more importantly, what are you saying to us? Okay, I've got to move on. Um, oh, this is what happens, by the way, when God shakes things. Why does he do it? You think, God, can you not just, can we not just progress nicely and neatly and everything and without any pain and without any storm and without any shaking, please? Because, no, there'll always be shaking along the way, sometimes more significant than others. But notice this, this is why he does it. I will shake all nations, and what is desired of all nations will come. Other translations, the desired of the nations will come. In other words, Jesus Christ will be revealed to the world. How will that happen? Is it in the earthquake and the storm? Will he suddenly appear in the sky? No. Because the next line is, and, the, and God will fill the house with his glory. They're connected. Because can you tell me, how is Jesus going to be revealed to the nations? Through us, through his church, being filled with his glory. His glory here just means his likeness. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Jesus shows us what God is like. When we say the house is filled with his glory, it's not just about feelings. It's about being like Jesus in every way. Not just in our meetings, but in every way as a community. Showing the world what Jesus is like. That's why the desire of the nations coming, Jesus, and the house being filled with his glory are connected here. Notice, by the way, just say there before I... Yeah. I'm going to finish with three things that we can build with. He says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. Can you just say this? When all the shaking is going on, when all the change and the transition and the difficulties are happening, God says, don't worry about the finances. Hey, amen. (laughs) Don't worry about that. Now, always remember, when God says, do not fear, there's a reason. (laughs) He says, but don't. Why? Because, listen, the silver and the gold is mine. Provision is not the problem. Provision for what we need is not the problem. He'll take care of that. What matters is for us to be faithful to what he says. That's what, that's what matters. And then he says this. The glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. We've had great times in the past, folks. God's been, God's been so good to us. We've known his presence and his power in so many different ways. People's lives transformed and we're so grateful for it. I believe if we respond to what God is doing in the shaking, what is to come is going to be so much greater than even what we've enjoyed already. I believe that with all my heart. Because the work that he's doing is a deep and significant work. That's why it's been so hard at times. And this place will be filled with peace. This place will be filled with peace. Let me just finish on this, and I'm going to give you three things that when when God, because why does God shake things? Why does God shake things? He doesn't. Did you notice that we, we sang a song? I was going to preach on uh, more on this, but I'll leave it. For, when we sang the song, it says, he's looking into our heart. God's always looking into our heart. In fact, I was going to read the bit where it talks about how the, the word of God exposes the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. When God's looking into your heart and he's exposing things in your heart, always remember God is never doing that to condemn you. He's only ever doing it to say, let's deal with this. Can we? Because if there's stuff in our heart, and whatever it might be, you know, it could be, and you know, uh, Dan was talking about this earlier, it can be sin sometimes. 
It can be bitterness. It can be hardness. It can be all kinds of things. God doesn't expose that to condemn you. He says, he exposes it to say, let's deal with it. And none of us are above all this, by the way. None of us. We're all that God exposed some things in my heart just a couple of months ago I had to deal with. Somebody had to deal with the effects of me having a, a bad attitude and, uh, I had to go and apologize and I had to say, God, what's happening in, in my heart here? So none of us are above this. I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody, but he always exposes it in order we can deal with it. But he's doing that because he's saying, look, you've got to, you've got to be careful what you're building with. And if we got, like, if there's bitterness, he says, I can't have that in my house. If there's, I don't know, if there's self-ambition or envy or whatever, he says, I, I'm not building with that. And it's not to, it's not to exclude us. It's to say, come on, let's deal with that now. And that's why he shakes things sometimes. Because let, let's just look at this scripture. Once, one more scripture. And then um, I'm nearly done. Hebrews chapter 12. Because he, the writer of the Hebrews takes this, this um, prophecy from Haggai up in, in Hebrews chapter 12. And it says in verse 26. At that time, his voice, this is God's word, it shook the earth. But now he has promised once more I will shake not only the earth and also the heavens. By the way, when it says once more, it's not like God did it once and now he's doing it again. I think he's in the habit of doing it. I think he's in the habit of shaking things. And he says, this is why he does it. Uh, the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. We should be thankful for the shaking. <laughs> really, we should be thankful for the shaking we've been through because God is saying, look, we're only going to build with what is of eternal value, with what's kingdom value. We're only what remains. Only what remains. That's what we're going to build with. All the stuff that needs to go, that's going to go. And we're going to be left with what remains. I was preaching at a wedding yesterday and I preached a little bit on this and I talked about, look, let's look at three things that remain. And I said to them, I said to you today, because that's why God, by the way, brought this word to the remnant. The remnant are those who remain. They're those who've gone on the journey and are committed to building the house. They're not better than anybody else. They've just gone on the journey and they are determined to build the house. So this word about build with what remains, you could say, is a lesson on how to be a remnant. Or let's call them the remainers. So this word is a lesson on how to be a remainer. That's why I worked. Just got into trouble there. <laughs> Let's just finish with this. Folks, can you think of anything that the Bible says remains? Three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. I had a little, whole little part of this message on those three things. I'm going to leave it because you know what they are, or at least dwell on it yourself. Folks, if we're going to build... And God will shake things now and again to make sure we're building with the right stuff. And if you want to know what some of the right stuff is, well, here's three things to be going on with. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. And I hope you appreciate how hard it is for me now not to preach on those three words for the next 15 minutes. But I'll save it for another day. Let's stand together, shall we? Praise God, we're going to go out on a song reminding us who we're building for and what we're building with and, what we're, and who we're building on. 
So Lord, we just thank you and we bless you. You are so good to us. That even in difficult times, times of turbulence, times of upheaval, times of shaking, and especially in those times, you're saying to us, you are with us. You are with us and you're faithful. And in the process, Lord, we learn so much from you about building with with what remains, with what's of eternal value. And Lord, most of all, most of all, we thank you that when we build with you, we build right as you show us, your house will be filled Amen. with your glory and with your peace. And through your house, through your church, through your people, the desired of the nations will be revealed to our world. People will see Jesus in his church. Amen. Let's praise him. Let's praise him.